0: I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, Money Wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's, it's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. Versus the end zone. Touchdown! With Bulmer, Esiason, and Mike Valenti. Oh, uh, now it's getting good, people. We are back. It is the midway point ish. There's no uh, halfway point when you when you got 17 games. But look, Boomer, we got a lot to cover. I've got we got the Boomies later today. It is the <laughs> Boomer Assayas and Midseason Award Show. Uh, lots to do. Anything you want to lead with before we go right into the rundown?
2: You know, I was thinking, Mike, and it's good to see you again as always. Three teams enter Week 10 on a winning streak of at least four games. Now, all of these teams play over in the NFC, and, of course, you know it's the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Minnesota Vikings, and the Seattle Seahawks who will be playing over in Germany on Sunday morning versus the Bucks. And how about this? You know, I was checking out all the stats coming into Week 10. The 2022 season has the highest average rushing yards per attempt – 4.54 through week nine since 1970. So we all think that this is a quarterback-driven league and you got to throw the ball down the, fa- uh, down the field. And there have been an average of 241.4 rushing yards per game. So that's two teams combined, of course. And that's the most through the first nine weeks of a season since 1987. So the point being is that while there are two quarterbacks, and that's Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, who are running the ball quite a bit, and they are having yeah. an effect on their games, uh, the running game is back. It's alive and well in the NFL. And I think a lot of teams, with the exception of maybe the Bucks, are actually trying to run the ball like the old days. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think there's two notes. I mean, one, look, you're terrified of the quarterbacks that play. You're seeing more six-man boxes, five-man boxes. And teams are like, well, look, it's basic math. You know the other thing, Boomer? I think everything's cyclical. Like, we've gone through this golden age of passing where I think it was pass attempts league-wide have gone up each year for seven straight years. So, you know, the NFL, it goes in waves. Maybe the running game's coming back. Hell, I watch games like you do. What what do you think a
2: team's going to do when you got a five-man box? you you got safeties out of the TV screen. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're the Buccaneers. And here's the most amazing thing (laughs) to me. I'm I'm telling you that watching Tom Brady this past week against the Rams, you know, I thought he was going to have a much bigger game because I know that every week he's going to throw the ball a ton. And, yeah. you know, he has thrown almost 400 uh, pass attempts this year already in nine games. So he's thrown for 398 pass attempts. He's uh, well over 2,000 2,500 yards. He and Patrick Mahomes are on there well on their way to being over 5,000-yard passers this year. And he's like 45, 46 years old. Like, if he's going to be able to play football the way that he's playing it, why wouldn't he come back next year?
1: Oh, you, you can mark it down. Even money, he's coming back. I'm with you. He's coming back. I, I've, I've resigned myself to this. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the rundown. A lot to cover.
2: This is the NFL Rundown.
1: All right, Booms, the, the ball's in your court here. I'm just going to roll this bocce ball right out there for you. We've talked about Jim Irsay all year. It, it is now in full sabotage mode as the local mailman is the new head coach. Jeff Saturday is now your head coach. Boomer, I think it's a disgrace what happened to Frank Reich and Chris Ballard, but I want you to just take this where you want, because I know there's a personal connection.
2: There is a personal connection. I talked to Frank twice this week and certainly he's very disappointed and he didn't uh, deliver, in his own words, these are his words, not mine, that he didn't deliver the championship that uh, Jim Irsay wanted, that the Cole fan wanted. And, you know, uh, what what people don't know out there is that Jeff Saturday is an advisor to Jim Irsay. Jeff Saturday Uh, spoke with Frank every Tuesday Jeff Saturday was watching film of the team and talking to the owner and talking to Frank and Frank actually tried to hire him a couple of times I believe as their offensive line coach but he was living in Atlanta at the time and didn't want to uproot his kids and everything else and make the commitment and then out of the blue Jim Irsay decides that his team is flat and uh, they they need to change things up and they decided to fire Frank, and certainly Frank was disappointed. I was actually relieved for Frank because the last couple of weeks watching Frank on the sidelines, I got to be honest with you, that that's not the guy I know. I there's a lot of out there's a lot of pressure internally on him. It was taking its toll. I could see it. And the one thing that Frank did tell me about Jeff Saturday, he goes, "Listen, Boomer, I don't feel like he was backstabbing me or any of that stuff. He's a great guy. He is a." He is a dynamic personality. He's somebody who knows the game. I've talked to him every week about our team. He knows our team. He has spoken to our team. So it's not like he's walking in there and the team doesn't know who he is. So right. it's not – and it's been portrayed that way in some areas. Now, the one thing I will say, and I don't know this. I mean, he's a smart guy. You know, he played with Hall of Famers. And and when, you, when he lists his resume, it's pretty impressive as a player. You know, when that – third and seven comes or that fourth and one comes and you got to make a decision within you know 30 seconds to determine right. whether you're going for it or not that that's where i i wonder about whether he's going to be able to handle that no matter how smart you are
1: no and and, and boomer i guess my problem with all of it is you saw this almost in a in a linear sequential manner this it is it's sabotage by the owner whether it's hey You got to get rid of Wentz. You got to go get Matt Ryan. Now we're going to sit Matt Ryan because I don't want to pay for the guy I wanted. Now you're going to play Ellinger. Now Marcus Brady's gone. I mean, it was just almost like, really? And then now this is your, Boomer, here's what it feels like. And obviously, I don't know this. I'm telling you what it feels like is Ursay went, we're not going to win the division. 0-2 against the Titans. I got to go get a quarterback.
2: We're going to tank this puppy. That's what it feels like. Well, you know, they did this before. They did the suck for luck season when they had Chase Daniel yep. as their quarterback. As a matter of fact, Frank Reich was actually on that staff, the suck for luck staff, and then they blew the staff out, and that's when Chuck Pagano and they drafted Andrew Luck. I yep. don't think that there's a clear-cut number one quarterback coming out of this uh, you know, college class. I think there's some really good quarterbacks that are intriguing, but I don't see a Justin Herbert. I don't see a Joe Burrow. I don't see... Uh, you know, a John Elway. I I don't see a guy like that in this particular class. So I don't. I I just think personally, from where I sit and what I see, uh, Jim Irsay is just an impetuous owner that just makes these decisions that yeah. You know, especially in the last three to four weeks. And you remember he was the guy that also came out and said we got to get Dan Snyder out of the NFL. Essentially, yeah. I'm putting words in his na- in his mouth. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, Dan Snyder and his Commanders go into Indianapolis and win. So. There are a lot of things that have happened earlier this year that ended up leading to the demise of Frank Reich. And I can tell you this, knowing Frank, he's financially set for life if he wants to be, and if he wants to come back and coach somewhere, uh, he'll be offered plenty of jobs and plenty of opportunities.
1: Let's go to the Chiefs, Boomer, because, again, Sunday night we talk about it. It's almost like their kryptonite was on display. Now, I know they escaped, they stole one, but the Titans are the type of team they turn it into a street fight. And still, I know the Chiefs have beefed up both their lines, but it is still this thing. I I wonder when they get in that spot, man, they look uncomfortable. Do you think that is still the one way to go and get them?
2: You know, it it has to be the one way to go and get them. you got to slow down the game. you got to muck up the game like Mike Vrabel was trying to do. The thing about this particular game that was surprising for me was the fact that, you know, Malik Willis is not ready to play quarterback in the NFL, and it's obvious. I yeah. mean, he's looking at the pass rush. He's not looking down the field. He's not taking chances. you got to take chances if you want to beat a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But the fact that Patrick generated over 500 yards of total offense through the passing game and his running ability and only scored 20 points, that's a little bit alarming to me, but I guarantee you this week Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid went back to, you know, looking at what they were doing in the red zone to – to make and de- design plays and come up with plays that are going to make it a little bit easier for them to score. So, hey, it's yeah, one boom, of those. one 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 note, hey, they've beefed up the line. They've got a stable of backs. They like Boomer.
1: They couldn't gain an inch running the football. I think that contributed to it, too. Well, you do not want Mahomes throwing at 55 No, times. you
2: don't. You don't. But he'll he'll do it, and he'll run with it, too, just like Josh Allen will, just like Lamar Jackson will, and just like Justin Fields is doing now. So, uh, I, th- I you know, I just felt like, this game between the Chiefs and the Titans was a game that, you know, Vrabel went to his team, and he basically laid it on a line. This is what we have to do to win, and we have to support our young quarterback. And damn near pulled it off. I have a lot of respect yep. for Vrabel and the Titans. He's a hell of a coach. I may not like
1: that team or watching him, but you can't deny the results, and you can't deny how, much, how tightly connected he is with that team. They, they play their asses off for him. Uh, I want to go to Josh Allen briefly. Because, as we sit and tape and do this, we don't have answers. Didn't participate in practice on Wednesday, possible UCL injury he had one rookie year, missed four weeks. Boomer, what's the level of concern here uh as you sit back
2: and watch this? Short term, I am concerned. I don't think i I don't see him playing against the Vikings this week, but I yeah. also look at some cryptic messaging from Steph Diggs and you know social media and everything that they're all happy that. It didn't look like it's a very serious injury. So maybe it's a week off. Remember the way he plays. And you got to remember how important, you know, obviously, throwing the ball is, but also running. So you don't want to, like, curtail the offense. I'd rather see him sit a week and then come back, maybe even sit two weeks, and then come back and make the stretch run. So I, I would be concerned in the short order I am right now, but long-term I'm not. All right,
1: this is your wheelhouse right here. I know you love wide receivers speaking out with potential diva behavior so i really <laughs> wanted to get this here for you Devonte adams let me give you the quote for the people At the end of the day, if we're just going to concede and say, oh, they double teamed me, so it's forcing the ball to him if we throw it to him, then I've got no business being in this building because that's what teams are going to do. He told Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. So if you think that's the only way I'm going to get the ball is when I'm singled up, then I'm going to have four catches on the year, close quote. Does he have a
2: point, or do we have a problem here? No, he has a one hundred percent has a point, and I think the questioning was was because he did have a lot of targets last week. Even though they lost to the Jags, uh, he did have a great game the week before. I think he only had two or three targets because uh, Derek Carr was going away from those double teams. So I think he probably went into Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr said, "Look, man, you got you got to throw the ball to me. I'll go up and get it for you." And, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers was going to, do, going to do it with me, then you have to do it with me and you have to trust me. So, look, he also knows what's going on in the NFL. You know, Tyree Kill's getting a lot of love. Justin Jefferson's getting a lot of love. Uh, A.J. Brown's getting a lot of love. Jamar Chase, all those guys. And everybody, he's kind of falling down by the wayside now. He was considered the best wide receiver in football when he was playing with uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I, I am not surprised about what he's saying And I'm certainly not dismayed by what he's saying. I'd be more dismayed about what Jalen Ramsey said after their game against the Bucks.
1: Yeah. Well, and again, that's not surprising from Jalen. He's got a pattern of behavior. So, yeah, he basically Um, called out
2: his offense. For people out there that don't know, he said, "You know, real real team guy, right? Real real nice."
1: Um, So here's what I want to do. I got five games. I need you to tell me what the result of the game, who it says more about. It could be the winner. It could be the loser. It's really up to you. So let's start with this. Jets beating the Bills. Who does that game say more about?
2: The Jets, and it tells me more about their defense and that they can win games defensively as long as Zach Wilson's not turning the ball over. I'm
1: going to give you a bold statement here, and it's probably hyperbole, but I I don't care. Sauce Gardner's best
2: corner in the league. Well, he's definitely going to win defensive rookie of the year. There's no question about it. Uh, The other thing that I learned about this game, and, and we should really keep our eye on this, is that the Bills can be run against. But now Matt Milano was not in the game and Jordan Poyer was not in the game. Yeah, and those are two really important defenders for Buffalo. When they're healthy, then they're they're total. They'll they'll be much better against the run. Yeah, I yeah, just Salah and company deserve all the credit. And you know what? I'll
1: give a little credit to Zach Wilson. He played a mature game manager role. He didn't hurt his team. Um, I, I just Salah looks like a stud. Uh, Seahawks beating
2: the Cardinals. Who does it say more about? Tells me the Cardinals are done. Tells me that you know, and and the reaction after the game by Buddha Baker that was caught on Hard Knocks, uh, yeah. tells me how frustrating everybody is is in that building. And and Buddha basically said, "Hey, listen, man, we got to watch more film." And I'm wondering who he's directing that at. So uh, probably the offense, the quarterback, the wide receivers, and you know, and they go back to the house of horrors that is SoFi Stadium. Uh, the last time we saw Kyler Murray there, he looked like he couldn't play, you know, high school football, let alone professional football. Yeah, and just side note on Seattle,
1: at 6-3, and three, uh, they're becoming a divisional threat and not just a wild-card fun story. Uh, Lions beating the Packers. What?
2: Well, the Packers <laughs> are bad. We know the Packers are bad, and, and they're really bad because you're going against the worst defense in the league, and you can't score touchdowns and you know couldn't I couldn't run it. I, right. And you know, and I watch Aaron Rodgers. I think he's just, you know, after the game and I'm listening to him and I'm I feel like I'm at a dead concert, you know, when he's talking. <laughs> His team is dead. I feel like he's I don't know what he's saying. I, I everybody's mad at them, everybody's mad at him, and rightfully so. I mean, everybody had great expectations for the Packers team, especially after the last three years, and boy, they, they have fallen flat on their face. And I know this is a dangerous thing to do, and don't hold me to it, but
1: I was looking at the schedule, playing the look-ahead game. Boomer, they, they could be a 6-11 and football team. Unthinkable, but they could be a 6-11 and football team real
2: easy. Well, maybe they can turn some of those high draft picks into wide receivers.
1: Yeah, it would be nice, wouldn't it? All yep. right, last one for you. Bucks beating the Rams, stealing one from the Rams. Who does it say
2: more about? Well, Tom Brady, we talked about it, 58 pass attempts. It's ridiculous what he's doing. Um, I think he had eight drop passes in this game. They don't even attempt to run the ball. Uh, They're most likely going to win the NFC South, uh, but the Rams are done. I I think the Rams are so beat up, and their offensive line is such a shell of what it was last year. Uh, And now Matthew Stafford is in concussion protocol. Uh, Their season is over.
1: Yeah, and the other note, too, I mean, Boomer, I, I understand, you know, Fournette veteran couple times during that game him demonstrative you know wanting more and it's like well Leonard I got I got bad news for you the two young kids they got are probably better than you you know like if the run game ain't working they got to try something new so Rashad White comes in the game and look boomer I don't know what they can do because again their offensive line might be as bad as the Rams they're down three starters it
2: is um It's something. If
1: Brady's got to throw 55 times, that is. I think
2: he wants to throw 55 times. And, you know, quite frankly, all they have to do is win the NFC South, which they should do. And hopefully by that time, they'll be a hell of a lot healthier going into the playoffs. Uh, We got picks coming up. Boomer and I have brunch in
1: Germany to kick the day off. (laughs) We're on fire. We've got a Nate Hackett game we might have to play. Lots to do. And the Boomies later today. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer, Asias, and Mike Valenti. Ah, uh, so much to do, so little time. Boomer and I are, um, we're doing a nice job. Both winning records, uh, six and four last week. Tough slate. Boomer, let's get into the picks.
0: What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Jocena Anderson, host of The Crew, also known as CBS, Senior NFL Insider, joined by my co-host, what, Hollywood actor Morris Chestnut slash Uber Eagles fan, and the funny man himself, former NFL cornerback Fred Smooth. We got you covered on all the NFL headlines, plus my scoops and insight what's trending on social, and our lives in just life, period. So make sure you download the Odyssey app to get our pod or wherever you get your pods, and make sure you watch, listen, and subscribe. Hey, this
2: is Kenny Main, host of something called Hey Main. That's a podcast. Uh, We're working busily on season two, but let's not forget about season one. Remember Jamel Hill? Is the cookout ever going to happen, or is it just metaphorical?
0: It is largely metaphorical. Just no. would feel very comfortable inviting you. Potato salad, by the way, I feel like I should tell your listeners, does not have raisins in it.
2: If you missed that episode of Hey Maine, check it out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Picks of the Week
1: You know, and I often say there's just no better way to start picking games than to have to select Nate Hackett? <laughs> Titans lay in three as they host the Broncos. Boomer, take this first.
2: You know, I, I'm gonna take the Titans here, and the reason I'm gonna take the Titans is because what I saw against the Chiefs without a quarterback, uh, shows me all I need to know. That they're a rough and tumble team. You just pointed it out. You know, they're gonna go into every game trying to be more physical. And the thing that really impresses me most about them is their defensive line. I mean, they are studs up front. And this is the type of team that could really intimidate Russell Wilson and a offense that is sh- on shaky ground. I don't care what anybody says. Um, I'm not sure about, as we talked this morning, about Ryan Tannehill and whether or not he's coming back. Uh, right. But I'm, I'm just going to say, at home, a huge game here, a huge AFC game here for them. I'm going to take the Titans over the Broncos and lay the three points. All right, I'm going to go different direction, and, and
1: maybe it's just to play devil's advocate. But off the bye, uh, Titans really laid it all on the line. You said it earlier, tough to emotionally bring it back up. And here's what I look at. Malik Willis, let's say he's the likely starter. You're going to face an elite defense. I'm going to take a flyer and take the field goal. Low scoring. But friends, yeah. And you know what? Friends, don't let friends bet Nate Hackett. But I, I just don't respect myself. I'm going to go Broncos. Dolphins minus three and a half. Against America's Brownies. This is my
2: favorite game of the week. You, you know, know what it's my, to do. I wait I would tell you it's one I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing Tyree Hill and Tua again. I mean, they are undefeated together. Uh Tua is playing out of his mind. Mike McDaniel is the perfect coach for him. We've been talking about that all year long. Uh he if, if Tua stays upright and stays healthy, they are going to be a bitch the rest of the season for every single team they play. I think the Browns are going south. I really do. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I know, and I, I just, I don't trust Jacoby Brissett. And you know what? I don't think Bradley Chubb really did much last week. I don't think the, the the Browns defense did much. I mean, the Browns, the Dolphins defense did much last week. But then again, they were playing the bullet train that is known to Justin Fields. That's not right. Jacoby Brissett here. So I'm going to take the Dolphins.
1: Uh, people, you can detect boomers angst towards Jacoby Brissett, who has already cost him dinner. America's quarterback. But here's the thing. Wyatt Teller back this week, huge for the Browns' run game. Denzel Ward should be back, cleared to practice. Missed three games, that should help with Hill. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go <laughs> with the Browns here. <laughs> God help me, but I'm I'm telling you, Boomer, they they have the recipe. If you can control the clock, you saw the Bears stay in the mix. I don't need them to win. I need them to cover. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Browns with the three and a half for me. Saints laying two and a half against the Steelers
2: oh boy so TJ Watts (laughs) TJ Watts supposed to play this week and I think he brings the energy he brings the edge and that's something that has been missing you know Andy Dalton does not have a lot of success in his past against the Pittsburgh Steelers especially in Pittsburgh and that's one of the reasons why I'm going to take the Steelers here again I can't believe uh you know that I'm 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 going with a rookie quarterback who hasn't played well, who's turned the ball over. I just think T.J. Watt changes the dynamic of this game. Off the bye,
1: Saints with a short turnaround, on the road, Steelers short home dog. Total agreement. I'm going with you. This is a Mike Tomlin deal. This is a Ray-Ban motivational, (laughs) my beard is perfect, cover is a home dog. Bears laying two and a half
2: to the Lions. You know, I love the fact that the Bears are actually favored. I think it's pretty cool. And I love what I see from Justin Fields the last three weeks. Man, it's just nice watching a young quarterback come into his own and start figuring it out. And I love how Luke Getze, their offensive coordinator, completely changed uh, the way that they're going to run their offense so they can get the most out of their quarterback. I, I like the Bears. I like the way that they've been playing. They can put up points now all of a sudden. Dan Campbell has never won a road game. Think about that. Think about that. There's
1: there's nothing to think about. I will ride the lightning. I'll go with the Bears. Me and and you both. I know the score looked like the Lion defense played well. Of the eight Packer drives, all of them crossed midfield. Yeah. All of them. So take it easy. You know, you can't live on end zone interceptions. This, okay, we are going to assume that Case Keenum is priced into this. Bills minus four hosting Minnesota.
2: Yeah, you know, the Vikings tend to keep every game close. And uh, I think this game will be close no matter who the quarterback is. Um, I could see Kirk Cousins trying to bring his team back late in this game. Um, I'm going to take the points and I'm going to take the Vikings simply because I don't think that Josh Allen's going to be playing in this game.
1: I'm with you. It's just that I wish we could have had it at six and a half where it opened. But, yeah, I I think I'll take the four and at least I'm getting the starting quarterback. The G-men off the bye week. This line has moved from six and a half to five and a half to four and a half as they host the Texans.
2: At six and a half, I was uh, I wanted to take the Texans earlier in the week. We were talking about it here in New York, and we looked at Fanduel, and we we're like, ah, you know what? And I'm like, let's just wait. Let's just wait and see what happens. Now I don't know the Xavier McKinney injury is big for the Giants, and just a stupid injury, and just just irks me when stuff like this happens. I, but I, you know I what? Can't take it. I can't take it.
1: What are you doing on an ATV?
2: Yeah, I know. Well, he went to Cabo. He's having a good time. You and I forget how, you know, we're a little bit older than he is. We forget what it means to be like 22, 23 years old, making millions.
1: Yeah, but you know, Boomer, I go to Cabo. I seem to make it without going on an
2: ATV or zip lining. (laughs) Sit in the chair. Uh, By the way, I do do expect uh, Brandon Cooks to play in this game. The thing is, is that Davis Mills is a turnover machine. He's got eight interceptions. Uh, Wink Martindale's defense should be all over him in this game, and there is momentum building here for the Giants. This week they have the Texans. Next week they have the Lions. They could actually get the eight wins. That would be amazing going into the the final weeks of the season. So I'm going to take the Giants here to cover, and I'll lay the four and a half for the Texans.
1: Yeah, look, if the Giants lose this game, it undoes a lot of goodwill. You can't lose a home game to the Texans. Now the Texans are going to try to pound the rock. Giants have been susceptible to it. I don't know, man. For, you know, doesn't this scream 24 20
2: Giants? They make it closer than they need to be. Well, the Giants don't ever. The Giants, one time, they scored more than 24 points, 27, I think, against the Packers over in London.
1: And the Packers, oh,
2: yeah. we all know they weren't great and, and they had to win the game at the end of the game or down by the goal line. So don't expect the Giants to score over 24 points in this game.
1: No, nah, you know what? I, I God, I'm going to root against myself. I'll take the Texans with the points and just pray the Giants win the game. By one or a 100, they're all wins. Chiefs minus nine and a half
2: against the Jags. Boy, wow. <laughs> I, uh, I'm telling you, don't bet this game out there, folks. We're picking it because we have to because right. it is a warning label game of the week. Yes, warning. it is a warning, warning label. I just, you know, I feel like the Jags play close, tough games. Man, but I can see them getting blown out here. I really can. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to lay the points. I, don't, I feel like I'm going with all the favorites, with the exception of maybe. Uh, I think uh, no, I think it was Steelers is probably the only. You had the Vikings as a dog, right? Uh, you had the Steelers as a dog.
1: Yeah, those would be the two dogs. you've taken Yeah, all
2: think right. Well, right. I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. I'm going to lay the points.
1: I think they win by ten or more. I'm gonna just plug my nose and take the points because <laughs> I, I just I, I can't. You know it's interesting though, Boom? The Chiefs are not good when favored by more more than a touchdown. I, I mean I have it somewhere in my notes. Shame on me, but I'm telling you, I'll just take the points and it is what it is. People do not bet that game. Do not. Uh, Ray, oh here with this is you wanna stay you wanna stay away game. You're looking at it. Raiders minus six against Jeff Saturday's Colts.
2: All right. Now, normally you would think because of my personal attachment to Frank Reich that I would take the Raiders here and just call it a day, but I'm going to take the, Spite the Colts. Spite Star. I'm going, to, I'm going to take the Colts because of the way Frank uh, told me about uh, Frazier Parks' calling plays and what he told me about Jeff Saturday and what kind of man Jeff Saturday is. Um, I think the Raiders will win, but I think the Colts with their fourth-ranked defense will give trouble uh, to Derek Carr. The Col- I, you know The Raiders have been up and down. I don't know who they are. Um, They're terrible. They are terrible. So I'm going to take the points and I'll take the Colts here.
1: I'm going to go with you. I have no reason other than I, I, I Vegas. Who who are you to be laying six to anybody? They could be playing neighborhood kids. They shouldn't be laying six Cowboys. This is the devil's number. Cowboys laying five and a half at the pack.
2: Boy, I'll tell you what, man. What have the Pack done uh, offensively? <laughs> they have done absolutely nothing. And I know they're sucking me right in right here. And I and I feel like the Cowboys, they got a great defense. They're going to be all over Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Dak Prescott's going to be throwing a ball down the field. I'm taking the Packers and the points.
1: <laughs> that, no, that's – hey, this is – let me tell you something. Yes. There is a very good chance this game will have – 95% of tickets and money on Dallas, which means the book desperately needs the pack. That's the side you want to be on. This will be one of the biggest liability games of the year. This is the Island of Misfit Toys, and you and I are riding
2: together. I'm taking the Packers. All right, there's just something about Lambeau Field, Mike McCarthy going back, and oh, man, what I... have we just done? All right, <laughs> let's go.
1: Rams. Minus three against the Cards, and here is a note. Uh, as we tape this show, you do not know if either starting quarterback will play. Neither Murray or Stafford practiced as of yet this week. So,
2: fun. Who do you got? The last time I did a game on TV was with Jim Nance, and it was in December of 2020. It was during the pandemic year, and there was nobody at SoFi Stadium, and it was Chris Devler versus uh, Streveler versus John Wolford. Nothing says elegance and class and high caliber like John Wolford. I know. I'm going to take the cards, and the reason I'm going to take the cards is because I do believe that Kyler Murray will play, and I do think that Matthew Stafford will stay in concussion protocol, and I do think that Buda Baker's uh, impassioned plea to his team after last week's loss will pay off here, and they'll get an ounce of revenge for last year's playoff loss. So I'll take the cards here just simply because I think Kyler Murray will be the healthier of the two quarterbacks. Yeah, and here's the other thing. Cards
1: are just a more complete team. Now, they don't play high-grade football. They make stupid errors. I love Buda. I'm with you, Booms. I love Buda Baker going full Ed Reed at Miami 2002 halftime speech. I'm in. I'll take the cards. I'll take the points, but I'm telling you, this it, it just feels like I don't care about the extensions. I don't care about what's happened. It feels like this Arizona situation is going to go full implosion. I I I'll be shocked if Kimes, uh, Kingsbury, and Murray are all back next year. I'd be shocked.
2: Agree? uh I wouldn't say shocked, but I I okay. could I could one of the three has gone. I, and I don't okay, think it's the GM because I think GM is tight with the owner, and I think I could see the quarterback complaining his way out of there, kind of like Sean Watson did in Houston.
1: All right, let's go Niners flat seven against the Bolts.
2: You know, I this got is, the Niners going, is going is to the Super Bowl. I got the guy. I got the Niners going to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to come back. They're going to be totally healthy for this game. Y'all you know, gonna. I feel like I'm going to take the seven, and I'm going to take the Chargers, but I think the Niners will win the game.
1: I'm with you on this, and you know what? It's one of these things for people out there. When the Niners are an underdog, I'm all over them. I love Shanahan as an underdog. I don't trust him as far as I could throw him as a touchdown. Touchdown favorite. Can't do it. Uh, The Chargers will find a way to lose this game because they just... (laughs) No, they will. I mean, Boomer, it stinks because I love the roster, and I, I love some of their players, but... You are who you are at this point. I don't trust Staley. I don't trust Herbert, and I love the kid. But you got to start winning games. So That's true. I'll, I'll
2: take, I'll take the points. But like, yee. you know, they're, um, well, they're going against the number one defense in football in the Niners, and right, if they are healthy on that right. defensive line coming out of this bye week, Debo Samuel should be back. I mean, you know, they're loaded, yeah. man. I'm telling you, I know.
1: I it, it's one of those. I just take the points. But yeah, you're right. This this could end up being a 31-14 game. All right, this one's interesting to me because of the the point spread. Eagles laying 11 to the Commanders.
2: Wow. You know, so uh, the second guy on my list for uh, MVP is Jalen Hurts. And the reason I say that, I mean, these guys are scoring points every single week. I mean, they're up in the upper 20s. I know this is a divisional game. These two teams know each other really well. I mean, I just feel like I have to lay the 11 and I'll take the Eagles over the Commanders. I, You know, I see this as like a 30-13 to 13 game. Um, this is a mistake-prone game for Taylor Heineke. There it is. The Eagle defense getting a couple turnovers in this game. And, look, Jalen Hurts is playing awesome. So I, I don't see how they lose this game and I don't see how the Commanders can keep it close. Well, it's two
1: notes. I mean, Boomer, we talk about it. Home divisional dogs last week, 5-1-1. One and one. It's hard to bet into them, but you nailed it. Heineke has had the benefit of playing some bad defenses. And now you're going to go on the road. You're going to face a very legitimate defense with two very good corners. And Heineke, God love him. He plays hard. He tries hard. They respect him. But he will put three or four balls out there that probably should go the other way. I'm going to take the Eagles here. And if you don't like laying the 11, here's a side note. Eagles in the first half, if you bet that spread, I believe there's seven and one. Or six and two, rather lost last week. Six and two, Eagles first half. All right, those are the picks. We got the boomies next. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.
2: Tune In is the
1: audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at
0: four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet! Music. You said my word.
1: Now, back to kickoff with Boomer, Asayasin, and Mike Valenti. All right, around the bend we go. We've got Best of the Best, and then the Boomies, the award show that, well, nobody asked for, but America gets. We will do it in a moment. Let's go Best of the Best right now.
2: This week's Best of the Best of the Best of the this Best. This week's of
1: best, best, best of the Best. Oh, let's start out with some brunch in Germany. Nothing says NFL Sunday like it. Bucks laying two and a half to the Seahawks. Booms, what do you got?
2: Yeah, you talk about comeback players of the year. How about Geno Smith? He's the NFL leader in completion percentage this season. He's completing 73.5% of his passes. That's incredible. He also has 15 touchdown passes. That's a career high for him. I'll tell you what. He and his wide receivers are doing their thing. And the reason they're able to do their thing is because the guy that you keep pointing out to me each and every week, and that's the former Michigan State running back, Kenneth Walker III, he has been amazing. He's on par for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Assuming he can stay healthy, it would have been him or Brees Hall if, unfortunately, uh, yeah. the Jets lost Brees. But Kenneth has been like a, a, revel- a, a, I would say a revelation out there. They have two offensive tackles that are rookies, and Gino is just kind of orchestrating this thing. So um, I I, I kind of love the, the Geno Smith-led Seahawks here. And by the way, this is a really, really important game for them. And the yeah. reason for that, it's an NFC game, of course. They can get the 7-3. and three. The team that's going to be breathing down their neck is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. They need this game. The Bucs could lose this game and still win the NFC South three weeks from now. So uh, I, I'm going to take the Seahawks, Mike. And I think I think this is all about Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett, DK Medcalf, and Kenneth Walker. Those four guys right there have got enough offense to hold back uh, the Bucks. I think.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm done doubting the Seahawks, and I know there'll be a public darling this week, but I think they're just flat better than the Bucks, and I know what I'm going to get, so I'll go with it. All right, so Boomer, here's what I wanted to do. We're at the halfway point-ish, so we'll check in. I want to get a sense of where you're at with awards, teams, division winners, etc., and then we'll check in at the end of the year. So we, we've we titled this The Boomies. Now, we don't have <laughs> tuxedos or you know champagne toast, but we do have awards to give out, so... We'll just start it. You tell me where you're at with it, and we'll keep it moving. Right here, right now, Boomer Esiason's NFL MVP.
2: It's got to be Patrick Mahomes. I think he's separated himself the last couple weeks. You know, Josh Allen was right up there with him, but Josh has thrown some goofy interceptions over the last two weeks, and that loss against the Jets really hurt him, and he's probably going to miss this Minnesota game this week. So I think right now as I sit here, it's Patrick Mahomes, number one, Jalen Hurts, number two, Josh Allen, number three, and Tyree Kill, number four. And I know they're all offensive players, but those guys are the guys that people pay money to see. And I know the Matt Judon's of the world out there that, you know, have 11 and a half sacks and he may break Michael Strahan's sack record. You know, he's having a great year, but he would be more my defensive player of the year. These four are my guys right now at the halfway point that are the leaders in the MVP clubhouse. I kind of want to shout out Geno Smith here, too. I know he won't win it, but it's like, man, where
1: would they be without him? But you, you, you've, you've probably nailed it with Mahomes. Uh, NFL coach of the year, and boy, are there a lot of options.
2: There are a lot of options. You know, you got Brian Dayball, you got Rob Sala here in New York, you got Pete Carroll out in Seattle, you got Kevin O'Connell with the Minnesota Vikings, you know, yeah. the quietest seven and one team out there. So I. For me, it's Brian Dayball. And the reason it's Brian Dayball is because he inherited a team that was just awful over the last five years. And he had a quarterback that he had to figure out whether or not he could win with. And he had to stop him from turning the football over. And he has changed the entire culture of the Giants in eight games. And they come into the next two games as heavy favorites against the Texans and the Lions. So I got to believe that they're going to get to 8-2. and And when I see 8-2 and and I see New York Giants next to that, For me, that's a miracle worker. That's why I would say it's Brian Dayball right now. All right, let's go.
1: NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. I assume you're going K-9 here.
2: K-9, 100%. Kenneth Walker, the running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Like I said earlier, you know, he and Brees Hall were like neck and neck. And Brees Hall was an explosive running back for for the Jets, who unfortunately blew his knee out a few weeks back. And, uh, but you take a look at what Kenneth Walker has done, what he means to, uh, to, uh, Geno Smith, to what he means to Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. I don't see how anybody can touch him right now, assuming he can stay healthy and make it through 17 games.
1: And defensive rookie of the year, I know I alluded to where my head is at earlier. I think Sauce might be one of the, if he's not the best corner in the league, he's one of the three or four. Well, certainly. It,
2: Sauce Gardner? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and the reason for that is not just his play, it's just his whole attitude. Like, it, you got to have like a little juice as a defensive back. I don't care what anybody says. You got to have a little Jalen Ramsey in you, a little Deion Sanders. Uh, you, you not everybody can be a Niaus Williams. You know the perfect gentleman right. and yet the greatest player. Some right. guys have to have some attitude, and Sauce brings that not only to the defensive back room, but he brings it to the entire Jet defense along with C.J. Mosley, and that's why they are so good on defense.
1: Yeah, never gave up a touchdown pass in college, and he's pretty much just taken that whole deal and brought it to the pros. It's incredible. He's been amazing. Um, biggest surprise player at the midway point.
2: Yeah, I think you're right with Geno Smith. You said it earlier. I'll agree with you there because nobody expected them to be where they are. And a buddy of mine who is a really close friends with Pete Carroll, you know, I played for him in 94, so I know Pete really, really well as well. Uh, but he told a buddy of ours that uh, he believed in Gino in the offseason and that... You know, Geno has been there for three years, and he was very popular in the locker room, unlike the previous quarterback that was there. And uh, the moment they gave him that wristband was the moment he took off. So I'm going to say Geno Smith, and then maybe Jalen Hurts would be right behind him. All right, biggest surprise team at the midway point. Well, it's got to be the Seahawks, the Giants, and the Jets all up there. I'm a little surprised at the Vikings and what Kevin O'Connell has done out there. Much like Mike McDaniel has been able to do with Tua because they're a surprise team as well. Kevin O'Connell yeah. and Kirk Cousins have got this synergy thing going offensively, and they're winning games. So I would say for me, again, going back to what Brian Dabo has done and going back to believing that they're going to get to 8-2, and two, I would say the Giants right now have got to be like the biggest surprise for me, but they're also in the toughest division in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and just side note, I mean, for the Jets, when you told me, all right, Zach Wilson's going to miss essentially the first month of the year, and then they would beat the Bills and they would somehow not be getting great quarterback play, not have their best O lineman, lose their star running back. I, It's incredible. I, I have so much respect for what Salah's doing there. Um, Most disappointing player at the midway point.
2: How could it not be Aaron Rodgers? Even though his statistics may tell you otherwise, they're not great, but they're not terrible. I mean, it's just that, it's just been a struggle. And each and every week it's just we're all waiting for the postgame press conference. We're all waiting to hear what he has to say. Uh this team, you know, has come off of three straight thirteen win seasons. Matt LaFleur is a terrific coach, but they just have not found their game, man, and their offense looks awful. I mean abysmal. And, you know, his performance last week at the Lions was was horrendous. high schoolish. It was it was it was, it was, was like it was it was like your buddy Zach Wilson against the New England Patriots. That's what it looked like, and I can't believe that I'm saying that about a Hall of Fame quarterback.
1: No, and it's, it's unbelievable too, Boomer, is, is I mean, they can't, they couldn't run it, they couldn't throw it, and I mean, maybe it was just, you know, I know Dobbs left the game in the first minute. I know Bakhtiari was out. I I, I You know, Jones, got, maybe they just ran out of bodies, but I'm sorry. Two picks in the end zone as a quarterback, it's, uh, it's unacceptable at any level. And he was just—he was in space. And you know what I'm tired. I'll tell you what I'm tired. I know this is a side note. And I apologize. I just have to get this off my chest. Can we stop cutting to Aaron Rodgers after every incompletion to soak in his, you know, his histrionics? Can we please? Like I know it's going on. I don't
2: need to see it every thirty seconds. I may have some impact on that. I could tell our CBS producers the next time he's on CBS. <laughs> you know, let's let's make sure that we get the Mike Valeni shot in or the right, mike yeah. Vellany shot, whatever. You yeah, want to call we get it. it.
1: Aaron Rodgers, bitter beer face every 18 <laughs> seconds. Right. All right. So most disappointing team might be the Packers, but I wanted to offer it up to you at the midway point. Well,
2: how could the uh, defending Super Bowl champions not be disappointing the Rams? Uh, okay. They're, they're disappointing, I think, where the Bucs are right now. They're disappointing, although the Bucks most likely will make the playoffs. Of course, the Packers with the reigning two-time MVP, back-to-back MVP, by the way. Uh, they're disappointing. The Cardinals, I mean, you know, but it's not like they're disappointing. I think we kind of all knew that they were going to be a bad team this year just because You know what's funny, fun-
1: though? Yeah. They've been worse. Like, even though I expected them to be middling, Boomer,
2: they've been bad. I mean, bad. I could also say the Saints. The Saints are another team that's pretty disappointing. They have a pretty good defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have the quarterback carousel going on down there with Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton and... You know, it's just been a mess. I I thought that they were going to be able to sneak in and win this division just simply on the backs of their defense and Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is now most likely out for the year. So I could say the Saints are a very disappointing team as well.
1: All right, so let's do this in order. We're going to go NFC division winners. I ask you right here, right now at the Midway Point, who wins it? You give me the team, NFC East, Eagles. Yep, Eagles, definitely. We both agree, yep. NFC North Vikings. Vikings, definitely. Okay. Now it gets more interesting. The NFC South. Bucks. Okay.
2: No love for our man, Arthur. I, I kind of like what he's doing, and I appreciate what he's doing for Marcus Mariota, who's playing solid. That's the only way I could say it. I mean, he's not spectacular. Way. Nothing yeah. spectacular. But it's Tom Brady, man. And okay. I, I, I think he's going to win the NFC South. The NFC West. I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers.
1: I know you're right, but, man, am I pulling for the Seahawks. I just love the story. I love what I just, I just love it. I think it's amazing, and it's a testament to a good organization.
2: Yeah, and they have to win this week against the Bucs. I mean, this is why this Pivotal. game is so important in Germany. They have to win this game because I, I do believe the 49ers are going to beat the Chargers this week. They're one game behind them. They're right on their heels. So I, I still think the 49ers got a, a, a big run in them afc all right the afc east knowing what we think we know about josh allen why well, we think we know he's going to be back and he's going to be playing and he'll be healthy so i think the bills win the afc east yeah
1: i'm with you but i think this is going to end up way closer than people imagined all right
2: the afc north the ravens they have now won three in a row they've had double digit leads in every game uh, they played uh, a little bit hamstrung this week down at the Saints. They just beat the hell out of the Saints in their own building. Um, so I think the Ravens are about as impressive a team uh, in the last three weeks as there is. Yep, get
1: Andrews healthy, find somebody. I, you want a spot for Odell, that would have been a spot, but they, they just need something on the perimeter with Bateman out for the year. All right, AFC South, go ahead. You Gotta know be what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, it's going to be the Titans. Um it, you know, I don't see any of these other teams even remotely no. getting close to them. And, you know, it's really weird. It's going to be interesting seeing what the Colts do because Jim Irsay, not only did he make a change as, at the head coach, he also said this week that, you know, if Matt Ryan is healthy, that he could actually end up playing again for the Colts. And I know why that is because Jeff Saturday doesn't trust Sam Ellinger. And I know that for a fact. And then the West Chiefs. One hundred percent Chiefs. Yes, I think right. uh, that that was supposed to be the best division in football, and it's turned to be it's turned out to be still the Chiefs' division, and they own it.
1: So at the midway point, your AFC and NFC title game matchup. Go ahead.
2: Right now, you know, at, at the beginning of the year, I thought Niners Bengals, and I've been very disappointed in the Bengals. We could have put them on that disappointment sure. list, uh, but I would say Niners right now, and, and I'm thinking Chiefs. Niners Chiefs. See,
1: it's interesting. I was thinking the same thing in the AFC. Boomer, I'm with you. The Eagles are a great story, but I think the Niners are built for the postseason. I think they'll get healthy. They'll get right. Um, But, man, this Josh Allen thing, I'm scared. I I know. I know. It's not like he's getting Tommy John right now. But I'm with you on this. Like, if they lose home field, if they lose a couple games because he's gone, let's say he's gone for a few weeks, and they got to go to Arrowhead to exercise the Demons, I'm with you. Niners, Bills, Super Bowl. All right. Those are the boomies. We're going to check in on those end of year. Uh, Listen, a lot to cover. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. We'll be back next week. All the results, all the scores, all the good stuff. We'll talk to you then. It's It's kickoff with Boomer
0: and Valenti.